Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations. Because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Now, a word of scripture from Mark, the first chapter, verses 9 through 15. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, you are my son whom I dearly love, and you I find happiness. At once the spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals and the angels took care of him. After Jesus was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news saying, now is the time, here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. The word of God for the people of God. Let us bow our heads in prayer this morning before we go into the word. God, may your words have life this morning. May it encourage us. May it give us a more clear picture of our purpose. May it not fall upon deaf ears this morning, but open hearts. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen, amen. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Turn to yourself or your neighbor or your cat. I've seen a lot of cats this morning. And tell your cat, believe in the good news. There is strength in your sacrifice. Believe in the good news. There is strength in your sacrifice. As a Boy Scout leader working for a nonprofit for five years in what they call the outreach program. I had the honor of working with some of the most amazing young people. I was tasked with recruiting young boys in the inner city, some in the roughest neighborhoods in Atlanta to teach them about scouting, to teach them that a scout was trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. I had programs at Holyfield Boys and Girls Club, Parkside, Imagine Wesley, Maynard, Jackson High School, the Atlanta Masjid, and Corn Middle School. I worked with boys from ages seven to 17, and seeing these young 
boys turned into young men with one of the most greatest blessings that God has ever given me. But I'm sure you can't imagine this task was not easy. I mean, me, a country boy, 23 years old, fresh out of college, just entering into seminary at the same time, going to these schools and these neighborhoods, promoting a program that was essentially controlled by whiteness and telling young black boys, hey, come out to the woods with me where snakes and spiders and other animals lived and learn how to tie knots. Yeah, I'm sure you could imagine this task was not easy. Where they would most certainly be the only black troop there, it was hot, hot, and the mosquitoes didn't play nice. I'm guessing you know that at times this was a hard sale. Young men who had never left Atlanta or even been to surrounding counties, most of them didn't even have male figures in their lives, so I became that. Most of who on the daily saw things and experienced poverty and hunger and violence on a scale that I couldn't even relate to or could imagine. Along with the pressures of the streets, it was not easy, but I believed in them. I knew that they could be one of the best troops in the district, regardless of our limited resources provided. I, along with uh, Mr. Byron King um, and Kenneth Sherrod, rest in peace, my friend, drilled into them that the goal was to become an Eagle Scout, the highest ranking that one could achieve. And to become an Eagle Scout wasn't easy. It took time and a lot of dedication, a lot of sacrifice. A young person would have to earn 21 merit badges, 13 of which were required, like camping and citizenship of the community and of the nation, of the world. There's the communications badge, the cooking badge, the emergency preparedness badge, the environmental science badge, the family and life badge, the first aid badge, the, uh, what else was it? The, the personal fitness badge, the personal management badge, swimming and hiking, all of these were required. But then you had the option of choosing between several other badges. One of which was the wilderness badge, a badge that just by title, many did not choose to pursue. It was detailed in knowing how to survive, knowing what to do under certain conditions, how to fend off certain poisonous insects and animals. What do you do when you get lost? How do you treat water? It was not an appealing badge to pursue. Many did not choose this badge as a alternative. But on this one camping trip, ironically, on this week long stay, Two of my young boys did choose this very task. The badge not only detailed these, the things that I've mentioned, these survival tactics and these know-hows, but for one night, these young persons would have to go out into the woods, away from the campsite and sleep. One would have to build a makeshift tent out of leaves, a bed out of whatever they could find. They would have to build a fire and sleep for the night. It was definitely a sacrifice of comfort, of testing one's willpower, one's ability 
to survive in the wild. And of course, the other boys was hyping it up. I mean, they was trying to stop these young men from going, trying to scare them from this task. They were like, man, don't you know it's dark in them woods? It's cold in them woods. I mean, there's lions, tigers, and bears out in those woods. Oh my. There wasn't lions, tigers, and bears, by the way. And spiders. Y'all ain't going to make it out of those woods. And as the young boys left for that evening, just before nightfall, I could see the fear in their eyes. The fear of the unknown, the fear of the darkness and their surroundings. I mean, the fear of who they were with. They were the only two young black boys out of 12 going into the woods. You can only imagine how afraid they were. But as they walked off, I yelled out to them. You can do this. Make me proud. You are a part of Troop 118. I'll be here when you get back. So the next morning, the boys came back shivering. It was cold up in those mountains in North Georgia. Leaves in their hair. But something was different. They had smiles on their faces. And all of the boys ran to them, amazed that they had made it through the night. Can't you see their faces? And then and the boys was asking all kinds of questions. How, how was it? What, what did you see? What did y'all do? How did you make it? And the boys was eager to tell them. I no longer saw that fear on their faces, but I saw faces that were proud young men that believed in themselves. And, they, and, and to me, it, it changed them and let them know that if I can make it through this and I can make it through anything, these other badges are a piece of cake. That one night changed their lives, gave them courage that only the wilderness could have given them, that only that experience could provide a sacrifice that gave them the willpower to face whatever came next, a sacrifice that in the end was worth it. It was a part of their development. It became a part of their story. But much like them, much like Jesus this morning as we receive a blessing, as he received a blessing from God on high saying, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. As Jesus received words of affirmation, words of encouragement before sacrificing 40 days and 40 nights to embark on this wilderness journey that was strengthening him for the road ahead, this sacrifice was worth it. It was a part of his development, a part of the bigger story. And we too, our wilderness moments are a part of our development. A part of our bigger story. And, and as Jesus sat in the heat of the day in the cold of the night, surrounded by the unknown, consoled by angels, tempted by Satan, and the human desire to eat and to drink, Jesus sacrificed his body, his mind, his comfort so that he could be strengthened for the road ahead. He was preparing for a test. And you may look at me and you may look at this and say, Pastor, was this not the test? Was not the 40 days and 40 nights the test? 
Was it not a struggle for Christ to overcome? And I would say yes and yes and no. This as it is in, in this wilderness moment is, is a sacrifice that happens in our own lives. That this is just a part of the preparation. It's, it's like the midterm exam to give a glimpse of what will be coming ahead. And that's what life is about. When you finally get to where you're going and you realize that what it was all for, what that wilderness moment was for, you receive that aha moment. And you realize this is why I had to go through this. The hard times, the wilderness moment, the moment that you, where you had to sacrifice your body, your mind, your time, and your feelings. Also, you would be prepared for the road ahead. It's a sacrifice to stick in there when things get tough, to make the hard decisions. It's like choosing to study for a hard test or final. When the biggest party of the year is going on and everyone is going, everyone is dressed up, they're drinking their favorite drink. And for some reason, everyone keeps coming by your room asking, are you coming? Are you rolling with us today? but you choose to stay in, study, sacrifice that good time so that you may be prepared for the test. The temptation of going out was only a part of the test. The moment that you had to conquer so that you would be prepared for the real thing. Yeah, so you're missing out on a good time, but you're gaining in the long run, hopefully a good grade. So Triad Christ is trying to tell us this morning that there is a reward coming because of your sacrifice, because of our sacrifice. But the amazing thing about Jesus' sacrifice is that he was preparing our reward through his sacrifice. And the only way that he could do this was to get away from the noise. And two, two uh, part of that is Jesus had to be willing to sacrifice some time and some comfort so that we would be able to see clearly the road ahead. And we as followers of Christ must be able to willing to do the same so that we may be renewed in our strength and be able to carry on towards our purpose. Especially in this season of Lent, a time that calls for us getting away, getting our mind right, as we say, a time of creating new routines and new flows of life a time where so many of us change our daily habits. Some stop eating sweets, which I can't do, but you know, watching television, shopping, going to out to certain places, eating certain foods. I mean, we, we sacrifice, but in all of these actions and in anything we choose to take away, also know that you're adding something, that you're being strengthened, that you're building up your reward. And this came to me this week. This, I was reminded by this this week as I talked with one of my, my Muslim brothers of mine, one of my friends. And as we spoke and we talked about Lent and how similar it is to Ramadan, uh, which is a, a yearly ritual within our Islamic faith where for 30 days they sacrifice in order to be strengthened. Uh, there's a focus on charity and generosity, and especially during this time of Ramadan, they learn to give and not take. 
this deprivation of fasting uh, helps them to identify with the suffering of others. And, and in this process, they remember the, how, how life is such a blessing and not to take it for granted. They realize that there is a reward in their sacrifice, that they're being strengthened in their sacrifice. The word tells us that, and the spirit immediately drove Christ out to the wilderness. He was in the wild for 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with wild beasts and angels waited on him. And now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, saying, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God has come there. Repent and believe in the good news. The word tells us after John was arrested. What is Mark trying to say here? After John was arrested, why, why was this transition statement used? It really didn't have anything to do with the story. He could have just went on to saying, hey, Jesus came to Galilee. Why would he put after John was arrested? In other words, what it is telling me, and this is my exegesis, after God had taken away the distraction of other voices amongst the people, after God had made a way for the people to hear from Jesus without any other opposing loyalty to John, not to say what John was saying was bad or that John was a bad influence, he paved the way, but it was time for the people to hear the good news. The one who John talked about the truth and the life. And this is no different in life that after our wilderness moment, God is going to take away those voices that have been hindering us from walking into our purpose. Once we change our way of moving about in the world, once we decide to sacrifice some relationships that we know are not healthy for us, I'm preaching to myself this morning. Once we decide to sacrifice some routines and sacrifice some thinking, sacrifice some time, then God will be able to remove some distractions that have caused you and I not to see clearly. Call us not to be able to have foresight, hindering us from hearing the good news. This will renew our strength. This will give us a clearer picture of what, a, what is ahead. After John was arrested, after God removed the noise, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. So the question is this morning, Pastor, what is the good news? What is it that we need to know, that we need to remember? And, and it goes back to what I told that Young, those young men, as they walked away to go spend the night out in the woods alone, I told them, I would be here when you get back. That is the good news. Yes, Christ is telling us that we are not alone in our sacrifices, that we are not alone in our wilderness moments because I am present and I will be there in the beginning 
in the meantime, between time, when you get back, when you pass that midterm, when you overcome your struggle, when you let that mess go that has been holding you back and making you feel shameful and hurt, I will be waiting in your reward. This is the good news. Yeah, the boys, the boys came back. And yes, they received the wilderness badge. Whoopee. But in that process, they built up a confidence, a confidence that came from those woods, that came from that wilderness moment. And I was waiting there to receive them. That is the good news. The Savior has come and the Savior will not leave us to be. That he will not abandon us in our time of need, but there is a wonderful counselor present in the time of a need and trouble. So rejoice this first Sunday of Lent and proclaim that for God I will live and with God we will survive. That is the good news. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm -hmm.